Hello guys, welcome back to Three Person Perspective yeah. Podcast. I'm Austin. I'm Morris. I'm May. Uh, so last week we talked about stereotypes, and now here we are going to talk about something else which we think you should know about before making like making financial decision. So we started reading this book about a month ago, called uh, "The Psychology of Money" by Morgan Housel. So the reason why I read this book is that I used to have an idea. It is very good to have money, but money can buy happiness. But I as but as I grew older,、uh, I started to think that if that's true, I think for most part, for the most part, I we can buy happiness with money. Uh, except death, like literally everything,、uh, we need money to survive, grow a family,、uh, build a career, invest in career, health and education, and so much more. So I thought it would be great to read this book. Yeah, I think so too. Like, money is like the fuel that we use to go on different journeys, and I think it's mostly associated with the psychology of individuals.、Uh, finance is notoriously taught as a math-based subject, but this book discusses. Many matters from the psychological point of view.、Um, Austin suggested that I give some time on this book,、mm-hmm. so I did, and it's really amazing. And also, some of my folks recommended me to read、mm. this book too. As we talk about, we love many materials, jewelry, and so much more, and we kind of feel like we want to take whatever will give us admiration and respect. That somehow we read an orism at the same time. But it's really in a way that we think it gives us so much admiration and respect for what we own. But it didn't guarantee that buying cars or jewelry with all of our paycheck was a plan to make our life better. And we can ex- expect our lack to be the same as the people we are seeing, because we are playing in a whole different board game. Man, life is full of uncertainties. Yes, so I love to share lessons from this book, and so everything here we're gonna talk about is only for information and entertainment purpose, and we don't know much about the uh, investing, uh, index fund, like hedge fund manager or something like that. So please bear with us. We just only only here to talk about the lessons that we learn and personal experiences. Yeah, and if you have a. Read this book,、uh, please do it first,、uh, because this podcast will be filled with all of the main points、mm. excerpted from it, and also some of the terms、uh, might look strange to you. So please, please understand if you ever come across、um, such technical terms.、Uh, so before we get started, I want to talk about the changes happening right now. Yeah.、Mm. Um, over over a decade ago. The smartphones with cameras were introduced. Before that, the dedicated camera market, like Sony, Canon, Fujifilm, was not that expensive. Of course, film cameras are still expensive, but it has to compete with its own market, not crossover. And and in the next few years, a field car, mobile phone filmmaking has arrived, and the market for cameras has become sophisticated, expensive, and I think it's competing with the smartphone market. Just after the smartphone had been introduced to the world. Uh, social media has arisen and still rising, and it feels like the world is running at its fastest speed it is it has ever been and adapting so fast. And I also want to name the smartphones as、uh, like social media devices. <laughs> and things are changing gradually, but not many. Just a percentage of it. But for example, Meta has launched its virtual world. So what do they? 
what do they call? What do they call it? I think it's metaverse. Yeah, it's is metaverse. And also the crypto world, uh, has constantly been becoming a glamping world. They have a web three, I think probably NFT. And why metaverse has arrived? Maybe we would see one of the movements where we can buy stuff virtually with the help of crypto, or maybe they will deploy their own currency, or maybe they will stay in Web two version. Like who knows, right? Many people are using credit cards and online wallets, which are again showing that we are literally moving into the virtual world. And the most obvious example is cryptocurrency, but right now only a handful of people are using the system, which is very great. And even there are crypto millionaires who owns a certain amount of crypto, which is worth millions of dollars. So you can literally see lot of things happening right now, and it makes me formal, like, uh, formal means a fear of missing out. So just in case, if you don't know what Web three is, I will. Explain a little bit about it. Web three is a version of a world wide web which is not yet implemented completely. It is like www. Like Web three provides you a lot of flexibility. For example, you can vote for the information and feed it to the artificial intelligence like AI. So technically, humans control, but it's more like a user control. So that better appropriate contents can be shared. But still, can be manipulated because it controlled by people. Web one point zero is like basic study information. Well, we can read information from the providers. There's nothing we can do. Like like there's nothing we can do. We we can just read. Web two is a uh Web two is a read and write version. So it's basically an interactive and social web like the ones we are currently using right now. Grand tech companies like Meta, which is previously called Facebook, Twitter, and you can post something, and your friends can exchange conversations in comments or like whatever. But it pretty much centralized. And you can be the the platform anytime. And um, you know what you would previously said earlier. I think we can avoid being susceptible to FOMO by having a plan that we can work with. For the next fifty or sixty years or whatever, uh, because I think it's more important to us to not be bothered by the idea that fascinates others and works well for others, but doesn't have any anything to do with us or we have no idea what what it is. Well, another thing is uh, we should know that when we see something like products or companies being overvalued, is more most likely to break apart in the future. Because when things get overly exposed to the public, uh, people have instincts, instincts to create new things even better, uh, and I think it makes it more unpredictable. Because making things better needs changes. Uh, yes, uh, as long as it is influenced by people, there have to be many surprises along the way. And uh, uh, the most important lesson, at least according to me, uh, that can that we can draw out from this book. Is quote uh, control yourself and quote um, in terms of money is being able to control your desire to not splurge on unnecessary things is more like minimalism. By the same token, just save money for the sake of saving it. 
like it's good for you to save money for a car, house, or maybe for your marriage. But saving money for no specific reason is more logical. And life is full of uncertainties, like we said. Uh, who who knows what will happen to you anytime soon? You might be sent to an into the emergency room. Your house might be. Get, might get destroyed by an unexpected earthquake, or you might T-bone another person's cars and have to make up for it. So saving in advance in for the future might, like, for what the future might hold, would be the best way to cope with life surprises. Like planning is important, but the most important part of every plan is to plan on the plan, not going according to plan. Yeah. Mm, not everyone has an idea about what will happen in the future, like I too do. We can just look back a little bit of time, not too far, and propel whatever comes to mind. You can use all of your cash in the bank of your wallet. You won't know what the next second will bring you. Mm-hmm. The real takeaway from the book is that things have that that have never happened before happen all the time. Exactly. Especially the things that are unbelievably influenced by emotions and action. Anything can happen any second. Like you need to control yourself not to risk what you already have a need for, what you don't have and don't need. We must leave room for error. Like this would reduce future regret. We must have strength to withstand any swings or bad luck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, I I want to tell you about a saving habit of Lisu people, uh, one of the ethnic minorities here in my hometown. Which town? But I think I I feel I I know it's Mogo, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so the saving habit of Lisu people is rather impressive. Suppose that their work pays off and they get some kind of five hundred dollars. Uh, what they do with five hundred dollars is buy a piece of jewelry because they don't want to waste five hundred dollars over fancy stuff. And do you think they wear it? No, uh, they don't take it as personal grooming, but keep it intact until it's the right time. Like they have to, they have to send their children to college, or they get badly injured in an accident and have to get rushed to the emergency room. Uh, at such times, they sell. Uh, the piece, you know, the jewelry back to the previous owner, and then according to the inflation, they might get something like five five hundred fifty dollars or six hundred dollars wow. or something like that. At least you know it feels good. You don't happen to spend money, and also you can make a profit despite the inflation. That's fascinating. Well, we all hold on to different opinions. Uh, no one is crazy. Uh, lowest income people tend to bind. Lottery tickets whose prices are four times the amount spent by those belonging to the highest income groups in the United States. Um, actually, individually, uh, the chance of you winning a prize is much lower than the odds of you ending ending up with nothing. Uh, Others may say that uh, that man should have should have used the money for emergency cases, but we don't know what's going on in in the man's mind. Some people can't possibly relate to disadvantaged people buying lotto tickets because they haven't been there. Like they actually haven't been there. Uh, there's a bit of psychology here. Uh, we can say someone is crazy just because what they do doesn't resonate with us. Uh, what you don't think makes sense might make sense to me, and vice versa. Yeah, in 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 this book, there is something that reflects so much 
of today's pandemic and the thing that you have said uh, like a second ago. So the book said, quote, the person who grew up in a poverty thinks about risk and reward in ways the child of a wealthy banker uh, cannot fathom if he tried, end quote. So this is true, totally true. Because during the pandemic, there have been a lot of tragedies and losses like happen all the time. And we also came up with a vaccine that will technically halt the process of the virus. Authorities want us to get vaccinated. The difference is that the Western countries are having a problem of accepting or not accepting the vaccines. And there are many people who like the vaccine and get one themselves. And also there are uh, there, there are some people who don't like and even participate in the anti-vaccine movement movements but but here we are in developing countries like especially in the Myanmar in, in Myanmar um, like we have a whole different prop problem yeah. because in the middle of the pandemic we have to fight for our freedom it is taken away from us like it used to be like 70 years ago so we already have and have had enough of it and getting a vaccination here is almost like a privilege at this time so we had no choice and take it or leave it and speaking uh speaking of by lottery tickets that you've already mentioned i must repeat the code again we all hold on to different opinions like no one is crazy being under pressure give us drugs which causes the decision given in a very period of time without us holding not much information of this situation. At the time, stress causes conscious awareness of what adjustment we are supposed to be making. Here's a situation where the stakes were high, where things were moving quickly and where we had to make sense of a lot of new and confusing information in a very short time. That's a moment or our brain uses two different strategies to make sense of this situation. The first is the one we are most familiar with. It's a conscious strategy. We think about what we have learned and eventually we came out with the answer. That strategy is logical and definitive. It's, it's slow and needs a lot of information. There is a second strategy though. It operates a lot more quickly. It sends its information or weirdly in the right channels such as the sweat glands in the palm of our hands. It's a system in which our brain reaches conclusion without us being aware of what conclusion have been made and when, and which is called an adaptive conscious that does an excellent job of sizing up the war, and warming people of danger, setting goals and initiating an action in a sophisticated and efficient manner. Well, you may have done the same thing whether you realize this or not. When you first pick up this board we recommend, uh, like how long did you first hold it in your hands, like two seconds or three seconds or whatever. And yet in, the, in that short piece of the time, the design of the cover, whatever association you may have with the name and the first you send is that about the many of or generated an impression. So here's the deal. Uh, what do we tell our children? Haste makes waste. Look before you leap. Or stop and think. Uh, don't judge a book by its cover. We believe that we are always better off gathering as much information as possible and spending as much time as possible in deliberation. But, you know, there are moments, particularly in times of stress, when haste does not make waste, when our snap judgment and first impression can even offer a much better means of making sense of the world. And again, uh, what you don't think makes sense might make sense to me. 
Most of the time, the reason why somebody buys fancy cars and stuff is because they want to show off and impress other people. Uh, but the thing is, people are not actually as impressed by your stuff as you yourself are. What people actually think is like, "Wow, that's a nice car. I wish I had one now too." But almost never something like, "Wow, that's who's." Who's the owner of this car? I envy him. True. Uh, so it's rare that you know, you get a huge amount of respect and admiration by people, uh, just because you own fancy stuff. Uh, if it's respect and admiration that you want to get, you are more likely to get it when you have kindness and humility. Mm, that's also true. One thing is that you lose control over time as you want to find more money to buy bigger and better stuff. Compared to the generation prior, control over your time has time managed. And since controlling your time is such a key happiness influencer, and we shouldn't be surprised that people don't feel much happier, even though we are, on average, richer than ever. Greed, greed is what kills us all the time. Already, I, I, I know that. I can spend a little less money because I have to buy something that would be really handy for me in editing videos. But I didn't. <laughs> the thing is that I didn't. I thought I would get like pocket money, like I used to get, and finally I would be able to buy something I really need, which turns out to be something expensive. But <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. That hurts. Like I could have saved money. Now inflation has doubled. The job market has been becoming worse day by day. Daily basis goods have already increased in in price, uh, in in price. So now I ended up broke. I regret the decision that I made two years ago. The book just showed me a lesson to wait a little more time, and has told me that it's also reason not reasonable to risk what we have and need over what we don't have and don't need. That's the reason. If I had waited a little longer, I'd get the option. I always make bad decisions anyway, but this time is different. That's why staying wealthy is a lot harder than getting wealthy. Building up your finances is like building up. Up your reputation, it takes an insane amount of time to reach what you expect to reach. But one single thing can destroy what you have done. So be prepared for the wars that that can turn up at any given minute. Today's success doesn't translate into tomorrow's good fortune, and also in that case, you shouldn't rush to get wealthy. Great things take time. It may take maybe like forty years, fifty years to get wealthy, but for some people, it It may take maybe like a uh, 10 or maybe five year or any time shorter. You just have to be patient, and if you really are a dedicated investor, you will probably know Warren Buffett, right? Yeah, uh, I even I know him. He's one of the richest people, right? Absolutely, and he is also a great investor. Many birds have already been written about him being a good investor, but they miss one simple fact. And that his he has been a great investor since he was a child because they are so forgets on what method he uses, what his business model is, and spending a lot of time on building up formulas. If he started investing at the age of thirty and retired at sixty, few will ever know his name. 
everyone knows that he's, he has skill at investing, but his secret is time. A contemporary investor have a four percent more annual returns than Warren had. Imagine if Warren had that number, that compounding would go next, and we would see him at the very top of the list of the richest men for like more than ten years. But thank God it didn't happen. That's why he's a rich investor, but not the best investor at all. When he was 13 years old, he started investing. By the time he turned 30, he had 1 million net worth. And the rest, 83.5% million dollars came after he hit mid-60s. And so literally 99% of his worth. Wow, it's so crazy to think about how that well came after came to him like only after he's over 60. So I feel like time is so simple that people feel uncomfortable to follow through and that's why compounding and sticking to your plan looks so uh, intimidating over time. If you know that you're gonna be rich, don't rush yourself and there's, uh, there's no point for you to be in a hurry if you already know it will happen one day and it's so hard and pays off so well for being patient for a century. Sometimes we overlook success, uh, like how they make that much money, which method they use or which assets they buy, etc. And also if, also if we ask some people if, you, if they want a life like Warren Buffett, I don't really think so. So the takeaway from this lesson is no matter how smart you are, how skillful you are, uh, you need to know that the investment, or in other words, the payment for great success is time. And one thing is that people trying to find secret formulas and trying to hold on to that forever. But that is not how Buffett thinks. Because the company that he made more money from than any other investment he's ever made is Apple. This is because he sees the how he sees the world is totally different. Uh, nothing is free, you have to pay the price in some ways. Uh, when we lose something while trying to achieve success, uh, we generally assume that this is not the right thing for us. We should stop doing this. Like, you know, the feeling of uh, you, we should give up, uh, we see this. We, we often generally see this as a fine, not the price. You know, uh, when we stick to it a little longer, success will show up. Uh, we see most of the billionaires these days as idols, figures, and we try to look up to them. I would say this is not a bad thing, but we can see this as a reality for us. In their process, like courses, this might be one example. Among millions of students, uh, Bill Gates was one of the 300 students who had access to the most advanced computer of the United States at the time. Uh, this is almost like a one in a million opportunity. Guess what? He and his friend took interest in computer science and they knew how it works very well since a very young age. Uh, but actually, if one of his friends, who also had the same dream as Bill and, Bill and his friend, didn't have to get hit by this time, maybe like one in a million bad luck, Microsoft would initially have three founders. As I said in an earlier pocket, I used to be a very stinky person. 
I didn't even spend a small amount of money on something that I really wanted. When I wanted to eat a pizza, I just repressed my feelings because I thought it would be a waste of money. I would rather save every single penny that I got from my walk. But later on, I realized that I couldn't do this anymore and that's so ridiculous. So I started to choose my happiness over being right. You walk and you save money, but tomorrow is unsure. And so it's okay to make a habit of saving, but not to the point where your happiness is destroyed. Yes, the future is so unsure. Um, that reminds me of Bill Gates and his friends, as mentioned in the book, and also Momo has also talked about it. And uh, Bill Gates become became the founder of one of the biggest companies in the world, and Microsoft. Um, Bill Gates got. Uh, one in a million chance of getting into a high school where computers were accessible and ended up being one of the most uh, wealthy billionaires. Uh, but on the other hand, one of his friends, Kevin, Ken Evans, got in a one in a million chance of being involved in the mountaineering um, accident and ended up dying. And Evans was, uh, Evans was skilled with uh, like computers as gates but could have been a founding partner of microsoft but it never happened uh, like uh, the thing i want to say is that life is full of and unpredictable events lying ahead so living the moment would be the best mm-hmm. so sex is actually the response to penetrated moments and those moments are more than anything else come by like how you respond to a fraction of a time will determine your whole part of success I have an example to explain. Like, do you want to listen? Yeah, of course. Uh, so let's say we have a student who's gonna take in the final exam of his high school. He has been studying the whole time for this exam. Like he studies seven to eight hours a day. Let's say uh, this is the most important step for him to get into the dream university he has already dreamed of studying there. He has been preparing this whole time, like whole entire year, and he knows that everything is going to be so perfect and what's all right. But on the day of the exam, he's, he has got hit by the car or like maybe he has, he has a car accident. He can wake up and he makes the exam. How would we how would we say that at the moment? One, one in a million. Yes, of course. All of his preparations and how would get done in just one day? and in a short time and have to wait for another year you would say that that's mm-hmm. you would say that's that's not gonna happen that's why we call it luck and also there's something i love about this book the order included a great quote by Cora richards in which he said raises what's left over when you think you have thought of everything i couldn't agree more like <laughs> and again we don't know what our future holds during the pandemic, I got really depressed. What I've been thinking about was, damn, life is meaningless. What I'm doing is worthless. And something like, you know, you will, you will die one day anyway. What are you working for? And so on. That, those kind of thoughts, you know, overthinking always comes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result, money didn't matter to me anymore. Uh, May said, uh, I saved more money than I, sh- than I should. But what I thought I would do personally was, I will not find many. Uh, that's not a great thing. But this book helped me know about something that I, that I'd never known before. 
that is like, it's never good to go extreme. You shouldn't work yourself to the bone and save a lot. If so, as you end, you will get a lot of regrets about spending your active years only on your work, and not on beautiful activities you could have done with your family and friends. And on the other hand, you shouldn't feel extremely complacent either. Otherwise, when you grow up, maybe like when you have retired, you may end up having nothing, and your geriatric life will be doomed. So it's always great to go on a middle path, avoiding extremes. That would be a good advice. Yeah. So, so speaking of like going extreme, so I've been thinking about investing in crypto. So as you guys know, crypto is fuckingly volatile right now. Uh, first yeah, years, uh, Bitcoin has been introduced to the market, and it has only a dollar or less less worth of the price. So when the years came by and when it started get attention, the price went up. So that's the how cryptocurrency work right now. So now it is worth thousands of dollars, but with the help of the cryptography, uh, there are thousands of currency available in the market like Ethereum and Dogecoin or like any other things like that, and people see the value in it because it can be a revolution and it promotes the decentralization. And we don't have to depend on the banks, credit card service providers such as Visa, Mastercard, and also on the government. So we own what we own. The technology is so powerful that it can be used as a currency benchmark to buy things and sell things. But the thing is that it depends too much on humans' emotion and relentless decisions. I would say so. It makes it really volatile. Within just a day, its price tag can be a thousand dollars, like ten thousand dollars difference. But in the market right now, we have stable coins, which are again complicated as usual. Uh, so they because they are run and processed by companies which are controlled by them, people. But there are lots of people making、uh, money out of it. They have done so much and get money. We can never see what they're doing behind. We get inspired and think that this may bypass the casual steps to get a job done, serve people, and make money at the end of the day. And again, we are playing different games, very different that we need to see ourselves. And luck, the connection they have will not translate to our success because we we might not have the luck and the same connection they have. We have our own rules that should be abided by and completely not go broke like me. <laughs> so I think it's pivotal when we know our boundaries, limits, and try to stay within them. And it's about your relationship with your greed and fear, and your passion, your love, longevity that you have in your mindset. So because we need strength to keep on playing this game, and we can't take more risk when we want more things, and it's more less complicated and a lot more a lot of work we need, and it's more like it's more likely to blow up in your face, and. And and the thing that I want to say is that money is survival, not the stuff that we can spend on things we like, and we have to pay the price to get what we need. So this translates to our success. And again, nothing's free. It's about freedom. I remember when I went to the store where I can play video games. That's my favorite type of place. I give them money, and they will allowed me a certain amount of time to let me enjoy the game. I think that's the same. We need money for freedom. Actually, not the one you might think buying stuff you like and enjoy it. It's like no, I I think it's no. Having money give you options later on in your life. 
good sleep at night. Do not worry about the debt and have a clear mind about the about how safe your future is, because you literally don't know what will happen in the future, but you have already prepared for it. That's why you have to sacrifice your your wants right now for your future. We are getting forced to live the moment instead of having far too long expectations for the future. Like extreme expectations, as the book has mentioned,、uh, we're more likely to fall if we stick to that extreme expectation. Like, in the next five years, I'll be becoming millionaires, or be buying Mercedes or Porsche or something like that. This pandemic has clearly shown us that most of our planned stuff falls apart. It is good to have plans, but we need to give room for errors. We need to broaden our plans to keep it safe. To make it feel like it's something good to stick around, so the takeaway from this situation is that we don't know what the future holds. It might get off the track or stay on the track, or in an even more, in an even worse situation, it might totally change the path. Who knows? So, control yourself, save money for your future, live the moment, and be prepared for everything. So, thank you for your time, and. And、uh, we want to make sure that you gain some points, even if it's not the whole podcast. So please comment down below what you think of this psychological nuances, and feel free to share. And don't forget to give a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and follow our Instagram. So we wish you to make reasonable financial decision in this、uh, new year in twenty two, new year twenty twenty two, and、uh, and I we wish you to wish you a great prosperity. And happy New Year! Bye. 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 See you next week.